Well, good morning. Uh, how about we uh, turn around and say hello to the folks around you? Just tell them good morning. Yeah, so I am uh, moved today as we pray with each other and for each other and also welcome in our midst a new bishop and we pray for him today in a very special way. Why would we want to pray for uh, Bishop Mario Dorsonville? Um, well, because um, he, he's a priest with a big job, right? I, I've had the privilege in the last 22 years of doing lots of spiritual direction to lots of people, uh, many of that on retreats, and uh, much of that through the Institute for Priestly Formation had the privilege in the last uh, 19 years of doing retreat direction to actually have a few bishops on retreat. And um, gosh, quickly found out within the first seconds of our conversation that the bishops are just ordinary guys, ordinary priests with big jobs, right? And they go through ordinary things and feel ordinary things and experience ordinary things just like ordinary people do. So just for a second, I want us to appreciate what's happening in the humanity, perhaps, of our new bishop. Two weeks ago, he was just going through life, doing what he does in his routine, with his friends, his ministry. And he got a phone call. And in that phone call, his entire life changed. The papal nuncio, um, um, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, gave him a call and said, will you go to Homa Thibodeau? Now, he didn't say this, but I'm sure one of the first things he said is, where is Homa Thibodeau, right? And of course, he said, yes. But since that moment, his entire life has changed. Like, for example, he got here Wednesday. Guess what? Everybody knew his name. He doesn't know anybody's name. Doesn't know who he can trust. Doesn't know who he can, who he can rely on. I remember having a conversation many years ago with a bishop who you'll never met and never will meet. And asked him, I said, hey, what's the hardest part about being a bishop? And I was expecting him to say this or that. And this is what he said. He says, the hardest part about being a bishop? Not having any friends. Like, on Monday, if I want to go fishing, I'll call, my, I'll call my friends. I was at a funeral all day yesterday. I saw half of my graduating class from Terrebonne High in 1990. Everywhere a bishop goes in a diocese, he's the bishop. It's kind of hard to let your hair down. It's kind of hard to, yeah, just to, 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 to know who you can just kind of really hang out with. So right now, our Mario Dorsonville, he's got to pack up his entire life. Every box, every book, piece of furniture he's got. He's got to say goodbye to all his friends. And then he's going to get to South Louisiana where he's allergic to shellfish. Oh. Like, brother, like somebody needs to be doing some background checks or something like that, right? And he comes out, he doesn't know the food, doesn't know where Fifth Street is. 
Like, there's a lot going on in his heart. Amen? So I'm going to ask that we all pray for him every day, at least from now to March 29th, which is the day of his installation. And, um, you know, as a spiritual father, we, maybe we could all pray the Our Father for him once a day. Can, can we do that together? Let's even start now. We're going to pray one Our Father and ask God to bless our new bishop. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All right, so here's what I'm going to ask you to do specifically. If you want to, you don't have to, you can pray that prayer whenever you want, but if you'd like to, set your alarm at 3 o'clock. And every day at 3 o'clock, the very moment when our Lord Jesus Christ gave his life to the Father, if every day at 3 o'clock we could all be together praying for our new bishop, and who knows, maybe other people might join us in that. So let's do that every day at 3 o'clock. Yeah, so I'm just appreciative today of, um, of the guy, you know, underneath the clothes and the title. Um, there's a lot of hidden sacrifice in, in that. You know, he's going to have to make, he's going to have to let go of things and, and deal with a lot of hard things. And, and a lot of us will never see that. I call it the hard in the hidden. Say that with me. The hard in the hidden. He's got a lot of hard things he has to do, and it's going to be hidden. But you know what? I think a lot of us probably know what it's like to do the hard in the hidden. Let me give you another example. I remember I was in the seminary. I had a conversation with my dad. I think I've told you this once before. My dad graduated from LSU and came out of college, had multiple offers to go work as an engineer in the oil field, which in the 50s was booming, right? My dad could have made... Ten times the money. But instead, he, he, chose, he chose not to work shift work to be home with his family. Now, many of you do work offshore, or you do work shift work, or you, you work in the rhythm of the oil field. Then you've also made sacrifices. We'll talk about that in a second. But I remember my dad talking often about how he, when he was with the other guys, he couldn't, he couldn't get what they they had or he couldn't live the lifestyle that they had because he was just making sacrifices so he could be home with his family, raising got six of us on a single income. On the flip side, I remember talking to um, a diver one day who, who worked offshore. And many of you may know what it's like to, to work offshore. And he talked about the biggest sacrifice that he had to make was like all the baseball games that he never went to and the dance recitals that he never made because he was trying to provide for his family. Like, so some of you know what that's like, right? Sometimes as a parent, you have to make decisions, right? I call it the hard and the hidden. Hard decisions that you have to make that no one will ever see, and they're hidden. (coughs) Not to pick on guys, I I think about the number of, of spouses. A lot of times it's, I just talk to wives who just sit in a bad marriage for a long time. And there's a lot of sacrifice there because they, they believe in their vows and, you know, they're just going to stick it out. There's a, lot, there's a lot of sacrifice there, right? It's hard in the hidden. How many times did she cry herself to sleep on the pillow when he wasn't there or, or when he was there? It can be the same thing with, with men. I'm not 
picking on guys, but man, marriage is hard. Amen? Okay. A lot of sacrifices that spouses make that no one will ever see. Right? The hard and the hidden. Yesterday, I was with my family all day. It was a beautiful experience. Uh, we buried Miss Putt. May she rest in peace. Miss Sherilyn Marshive. Beautiful funeral. Probably one of the top ten funerals of my, my life. We laughed our way through the funeral. And at the end of the funeral, I, I went to my knees, and I looked at Mr. Sterling in the front pew, and I talked about his marriage vows. Because with all the laughter and the stories... No one ever knows how many nights he he's spent with her multiple bouts with cancer. I promise to be good, true, true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. And sometimes a spouse, boy, you go through the tough times with your spouse, right? No one ever sees that. And there's a lot of sacrifice when you're physically caring for someone. It's the hard and the hidden, right? It's hidden but it's hard. I think about single moms, single dads, but I think about single parents who are raising their kids and, and who are celebrating life with their children and they put their life on hold so that they can do in one parent what two parents ordinarily do, right? Hard and hidden. No one ever sees the hidden sacrifices. Right? So sacrifice is a part of life. Amen? Right? So when Jesus today says, your light must shine, people must see your good works, what he's saying is that, okay, if we're going to have a relationship with him, at some point, it has to affect our decision making. So let the world see them, as he says, but, but also, what about all the ch choices that many of you have made that no one sees, those hard choices. Some, some of you right now are making a lot of sacrifices, either for your family, for the community, for, for your marriage, for your business, whatever it is, and no one ever sees those sacrifices, and it's hard. Hey, I want to let you know somebody does see. He does. You're not invisible. Your sacrifices are not invisible. He sees them all. Now, what can, what can grip us sometimes is when we don't feel seen in the sacrifice or when the heart in the sacrifice feels harder because no one's acknowledging it. Look on page 12 with me just for a second if you can. I love this quote. This comes from Pope Benedict XVI, may he rest in peace. And it's a quote to priests, but it's really a quote to all of us because I think the substance of it is just true. He said in 2006, page 12, the top, he's speaking to priests. Uh, let me put it in context first. He's talking about our ordination vows, right? In the words, I do, spoken at our priestly ordination, we made this fundamental renunciation of our desire to be independent, self-made. But day by day, this great yes has to be lived out in the many little yeses and the small sacrifices. Now, I love this next part. This yes, made up of tiny steps, which together make up the great yes, can be lived out without bitterness or self-pity only 
If Christ is truly the center of our lives, if we enter into true closeness with him, let me unpack that with you. Okay, now let's take the priest out of this, right? Marriage, being a, a, a parent, being a leader, right? That great yes has to be lived out in the little yeses and small sacrifices, which many people never see. Caring for your loved one, um, doing something hard for your community or for your family, right? This yes is made up of tiny steps, daily sacrifices, coming home late, waking up early, um, putting your own desires on the side, right? And it can only be lived out, that kind of lifestyle can only be lived out without bitterness or self-pity if Christ is the center of our life. Okay, many people are asked to do hard things and they just get bitter. Amen? Okay, let's try that again. Because <laughs> it, it hits close to home, right? Many people can do hard things. What the Holy Father is saying is that when you have to do the hard things, we're, we may get bitter at life, at cancer, at marriage, at being a single mom or dad, at about being a leader. We can get bitter about all of what I have to do if we're not close to him. But if we're close to him in the little yeses, then what will happen is we will stay close to him. Flip the, the page frontwards to page 11. I want to just give you an analogy. I was pondering Jesus saying the salt of the earth. What's he saying there? This is going to help you appreciate it. Many of you can appreciate this, right? He says, um, when he's talking about salt and basically good works, right? We get to be the season of the world. If salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? When does salt lose its taste? Never. Salt never becomes unsalty. But it can be diluted. Look on page 11. Now, this is not an exact replica. I just made this map this morning. But it gives you an analogy, right? So why, at some points in the year, do you catch trout in the Gulf? And why do some points in the year do you catch trout in the Bay? Well, they're following lots of things, but the bait, as well as the trout, are following water temperature, but they're also following the salinity, the salt water. So in the spring, when all the snow melts, and it's raining a lot, what happens to the Mississippi River? It's full, and it's pouring fresh water all in South Louisiana, right? So if you look at the top, that teal color on the far right, that's the fresh water. The red is the salt water. It's pushing the salt out. It is diluting the salt. And the salt is losing its taste because it's diluted. In the winter, when there's no snow melt, right, and there's less rain, right, the, the salt creeps back in because it's not diluted with the Mississippi River system. What dilutes salt... If the salt is our good work, what dilutes the salt? Resentment. Resentment is like the fresh water that invades our hearts and it dilutes that salt that Jesus is talking about. So Mrs. Sterling, who at the funeral yesterday cared for his wife in cancer in, in, in every conceivable way, 
he wasn't resi- there was no resentment there because he was close to God in that process. How is it that a, a father can miss a lot of their kids' lives because he's working and trying to provide? If he stays close to God, how is it that a, a single parent can, can put their life on hold if they stay close to God? Like, whatever sacrifices you're making right now in your life and for your family, resentment may pop up there like, and dilute your, your heart unless we stay close to God. Amen? So at every Mass, right, it's in the bulletin every, every time we have Mass. Look on page 12 with me, and we'll wrap it up here, right? Page 12, every Mass, I say, I stand behind the altar with the gifts. I say, pray, my brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours might be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. And so today, as we pray Mass, uh, whatever sacrifices you're making um, of either things you, you are doing, things that you aren't doing, things that are hard for you or hard for other people, let's, let's bring those to the Lord, ask Him to receive them, so that in the midst of the hidden sacrifices, we can find God with us right there. Amen?